You're listening to Ink Speak, where storytelling and poetry meet the wonder and magic of living. I'm your captain, author, poet, and unearther of life, Maverick Malone. A season of change and a reason to write. A cloud stops by and I get on, because I'm curious where she will carry me. She asks me, if you could go anywhere right now, anywhere at all, do anything, anything at all, where would it be? What would it be like? I settle into her fluffy silver and blue puffs, pulling them closer around my body like a down comforter, and bury myself in a dream. She leads me to a beach where the sun is just beginning to sing, in a soft show of orange and amber, dancing and sparkling across blue and purple waves, a familiar feeling for a familiar day, warm but not hot, the kind of warmth that permeates every vein in every organ like a slow, gentle melt from the inside. Here, a group of us are having brunch on the beach. Everyone's seated on multicolored cushions, gathered around a low, lace-covered mahogany table with silver-domed platters and mismatched china, tall porcelain and silver and brass spoons and forks among flower petals scattered like confetti. I smell the food before I even see it. Butter, honey, cinnamon towers of stacked biscuits in a pool of blueberry preserves, warm banana brioche French toast, sparkling cider pouring into coupe glasses, slices of crusty baguette heaped with spiced eggs, the golden yolk pooling out. I take my seat at the head of the table, nestled against a stack of vintage pink and white striped hat boxes. I open the largest one and crown myself, a fascinator made from an impressionist painting seafoam peach pale pink and powder blue a pastoral scene where roses and birds all hum a different tune in a crescendo of a promising spring this place i'm trying to reach the brush strokes give way to velvet give way to silk give way to satin in a spiraling flock of origami birds taking flight from the foundation of paint as i clip it to the side of my amethyst hair my dress changes lilac chiffon draped sleeves and fabric flowing down past my feet the whole thing covered in a hundred tiny purple lilies. I feel like Monet if he were his own painting. I feel like the cloud I rode in on. I feel like a rusty chest that waited patiently for decades at the bottom of the sea until it was finally found. A million rubies and sapphires all spilling out. I feel like an emerald-skinned mermaid surfacing for the first time. I feel like the rainbow ombre shine and silver sheen of an oil slick. I feel like the satisfying final line of a stanza. I gently tug at one of the birds from my hat and pluck it from the others. She rests gently in my palm, motionless. I kiss each of her wings and whisper a prayer over her beak. She begins to breathe. She beats her wings and takes off, floating around the other guests who begin to don their hats, each one shaped from my own mind. A caramel fedora dripping with streaks of melted chocolate, anointed with a four-foot single owl feather. The wide-brim hat covered in pink fur, two tiny rhinestone cat ears peeking out from the top, and a magenta raccoon tail cascading down the back. Fascinators of verdant green and peacock blue overflowing with deep plum and magenta ostrich feathers and strands of ribbon. A top hat made entirely of gingerbread with pink and white frosting, an oversized lemon rose splattered with pastel paint, a tiny nest of orange and pink canaries peeking from the petals. We clink our glasses, and I make a toast as I eat the same. 
a perfectly brown slice of warm, thick sourdough slathered in honey. I take a bite, and it tastes like imagination. Six flavors melting together in harmony all at once. Something that looks sweet but tastes savory, before changing back to sweet. The slice becomes cake. Indulgent chocolate with raspberry sauce garnished with mint, resting upon the plate. I take another bite and savor it, feeling the velvet caress my tongue, like the hopeful moments filling my head, like the love flooding my heart. I raise my glass and a salute to sky, grateful that little cloud stopped by. To the dreamers, I say, tears welling in my eyes, you have always been my why. Dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Like what was in my head this morning as I was getting ready for work, one that I amended to, dress for the day you want. My job, my day is corporate. And I'm so grateful I work in an amazing place, an incredible place, I've been at for 11 years now. 11 years. The only thing I've been that consistent at is writing and watching friends. So at only 35 years old, I think that's kind of impressive. But as I was getting dressed, putting on this beautiful anthropology dress that, no, I don't own because I rented it, and if Newly would like to sponsor me in the future, I am totally agreeable to that, because hashtag I will hype you up. But I was putting on this flowy blue and white toile print maxi dress. Think Jane Austen meets folklore. God, another Taylor Swift reference. Yes, buckle up. I think I'm building a big reputation here. And it's like a dress one would wear to go frolic in a forest and have romantic picnics in. While your lover hand feeds you grapes and reads you poetry, like in movies or art or something. Except I'd probably be the one reading poetry while also trying to eat grapes at the same time. So that kind of ruins the romanticism a little bit. But hey, I really don't think Jake would care either way. But I was thinking about how this dress is symbolic to me of, of what I want. Not the grapes and picnicking necessarily. Sure, I'll take that too. But I just mean the free-spiritedness. To be living my dream of writing and being financially sustained and supported by that. Because... That's where my gifts lie, and more importantly, it's what I just feel this innate calling towards. And for the past 11 years, I've been working in an office with some incredible people, of course, but working in the accounting field, generating invoices, creating contractual letters, looking at numbers and proofing grammar on bills. There's actually a lot of English and grammar involved in my day job, but creatively speaking, it's not what I was put on this earth to do. I did not incarnate here to live out the rest of my days as an administrative and billing specialist. Not to diminish that at all. Again, I tread lightly here because my God, that job has awarded me so much freedom. It's got me here. It was my first real job almost right out of college and has seen me through a marriage, a baby, a divorce, finally living 100% on my own for the first time in my life, and most recently moving into my own home. That job has been an incubator. And you will see a really fun book of poetry inspired by my time there one day. I say, as a fire truck just whizzes past outside, sirens blaring, signs from the universe, I hope you have been listening. But this job, it's, it's been a place that has fostered so much growth for me. That being said, it is in a sense a means to an end. Like I know so many of you also do work these, these jobs that pay the rent, but it's not what fulfills my soul. And I bet that if you're listening to this, you two are probably in a similar predicament, working these jobs, doing things because we have to do them and not necessarily because we feel an innate passion for them. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. Dreams, big visions, goals. But first, some housekeeping and exciting news because the past couple of weeks, you've probably noticed I've been behind on episodes. 
And as much as I'd love to stick to a regular schedule of when new episodes are released, typically every Tuesday, that's not how my energy works. If the urge isn't there to do it, it's not happening <laughs> because the energy has to align with the words, but also I've been in the wings working on other things in between. Always new things going on over here. So many ideas. But beginning in October, I will be bringing one of those dreams into being by leading online writing and poetry workshops with my friend Danielle as part of a new community we're building along with a third amazing human, Megan. Megan and Danielle lead women's retreats as part of this project, and Danielle and I will be doing the class portion. The community is called Superbloom Society, and you can follow us on Instagram at Superbloom Society. But I want to stress that it's not just for writers or poets. Even if you feel like you don't have a creative bone in your body, which is absolutely not true, this community we're building, the classes, the retreats, they're for you. They're to foster safe space, community, and connection. They're a refuge and a home for people that feel like they have none or for those that have struggled to find theirs. We're going to have classes on all sorts of topics, so even if you don't want to write, the classes will be informative discussions, learning, sharing, and connecting. If nothing else, you're going to meet some really, really cool people. But we're not just going to talk at you. We want to encourage conversation and sharing. So it's really, it's more of a container we're building to foster that by selecting topics that resonate with us and that we think will resonate with you. It's a community mainly for women and those who identify as women, as majority of our topics are centered around issues and struggles pertinent to women. There will be two classes in October, one to explore the archetype of the witch and to reclaim that narrative to discover the witch within us all. And the second class is on tapping into the authentic self through the process of rewilding. So if either of those sound like something you'd be interested in attending, or at least just reading up more, we have much more in-depth descriptions on our website. You can sign up on our website, superbloomsociety.com, and follow us on Instagram for the latest updates. We'll have many others throughout the year, but these are just the first ones that we've got in the works. There's also a retreat coming up in mid-September in Oregon that I'm going to, so you're going to see that blasted all over my social media, and I'm, I will mark my words, give you FOMO, but registration is closed for that. However, there will be another next spring, and I think the location will be in the Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina, but don't quote me on that. It's where the first retreat was held last fall that I attended before the rest of this came together a year later. And it's so interesting how all of these things work out, how chance meetings can bring people into your lives at the time you need them. Danielle and I actually initially met on Instagram back in fall of 2021, right when all my divorce stuff started picking up speed. And I had just started my poetry account and somehow found Danielle and her beautiful work. And I remember messaging her and we began talking. Then she decided to lead her first ever women's retreat with Megan last fall. And obviously I was first to sign up. The retreat felt so sacred to me. And the women that joined that weekend were, are, all incredible. And I really feel like so many friendships were forged from that weekend. From this coming together for a shared love of writing and just wanting to be in a space with like-minded people. So I really can't say enough wonderful things about the retreats, but if you've been looking for community, a place to explore yourself in a safe environment with encouraging and supportive women, this is it. And I will also add that it's accessible and fairly priced for what we're offering because we want as many people to be able to come and we don't want finances and the various economic backgrounds that people come from to be a barrier between you and community and the things that you want to do and, and what we're trying to do. This is a dream of mine that I've been working towards, and with this episode being all about dreams and goals, I felt like it was the right time to mention it, especially because the class portion is completely uncharted waters for me. I was talking to Danielle about this, about my fears specifically around leading a class or any kind of discussion, 
and really even just being fully visible live on a Zoom call because of my past experiences. Uh, I used to hate any kind of group discussion growing up and I would constantly get comments about how I was so quiet and people would ask me, do you ever talk? So I'm sure this is going to bring up a lot of stuff for me in the process, but I know that it's, while I'm scared, it's a good kind of scared. It's the fear that's propelling me towards growth. And I'm sure, no doubt, I probably had many past lives in which I was most definitely persecuted, ridiculed, and most likely killed for speaking my truth and being authentically me. It's no wonder the world's number one most common fear is public speaking. We have generations and generations of trauma of dying at the hands of speaking our truth and stepping fully visible into our authenticity and just being who we are. Even today, there's still a level of that because some people have a really hard time just letting other people be themselves, love who they love, and do what they want to do. But like I've said before, dreams are challenging for a reason. So many people don't even try because it can be painful, the things that come up when we're going for our dreams. And with the classes, it's something I've thought about for a long time, but also something I personally thought I could never do. For one, public speaking is still a scary thing for me. So the idea of me being the one to teach something, all eyes on me as I share thoughts and ideas and actually attempt to explain things on the fly without them being written down first, live on a call or in front of people, that's intimidating. But also my therapist encouraged me to acknowledge this publicly. So here I am acknowledging this publicly. I'm scared, <laughs> but also it, it's intimidating because of so many things like imposter syndrome. It rears its head in times like this, asking those sharp tooth gnashing questions like, who are you to teach a class? Who are you to ask people to pay you for your words and thoughts and opinions? Who are you to be listened to? Sit down. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. It brings up all of those questions. Who am I? Who am I to teach any kind of class? Who are you? Who are we? What qualifies us to speak or teach on X, Y, and Z? But that's the thing. For something like this, for something like my dream or your dream, we are absolutely qualified. You have the dreams you have for a reason. You chose them long before you came and they resonate deeply because of that. Something that channeled through just as much meant for me as for you recently when reflecting on this new endeavor with me being part of this workshop series was this. You are the only one qualified to make the creations that you do. The position can only be filled by you. You literally can't fail, so don't be afraid to try. The standards you're setting are only in your mind. And that's so true. And I'm not saying go out and teach a class on cooking if you've never once cooked or some other thing you know nothing about, but I am saying follow the breadcrumbs of your passions. By God, I hope if these thoughts are in your mind just as mine, that I hope you turn the Cheshire smile on and ask why. Question those thoughts just as I am because they're definitely not helping you. If you want to do something that nudge is there for a reason, if you've been following me or listening to any of these recordings, you know this by now. Questioning our thoughts and coming at them from a place of mindfulness, of noticing, of simply being curious is how we contain the beast and tame it. It's just a part of you that's been hurt too many times is trying to protect you from once again being let down when things don't work out the way you expected them to. And side note, go ahead and release any and all expectations. Life is way more fun when you leave room for surprise. But circling back to this workshop series Danielle and I are starting. Okay, well, what does qualify me to teach a class on writing or making art? What separates me from you? Why am I going to be up there and not you? And that's exactly the kind of thinking we need. Nothing qualifies me. I'm the same as you in that respect. You could be up there just the same. 
but I am someone who I think will help bring out your inner creative without the restrictions, without the rules, because life has enough of those already, many of which need to be broken. But with creativity, my approach is simple. Let it flow. Whatever it is, whatever wants to come through, whatever is inside you asking to be expressed. I'm not here to teach you proper grammar usage or how to write the perfect poem in iambic pentameter because the perfect poem doesn't exist. Perfection is the biggest myth there is, and the sooner you relinquish it, let it go of your art needing to be good by anyone else's standards, that it has to be a, a thing to live up to a code, a creed, a list, a way it's supposed to be, the sooner you will be able to really reach that part of yourself where your greatest creativity lives, and that's called the uninhibited. What I've realized is when you create for you, be it art, a business, a book, an organization, you're bringing forth something the world needs simply because it's something you need or something you need to do. And you are a unique fragment of this world, a piece of this universal consciousness. And if you need it, someone else does. Someone else needs to read the words you write, hear the words you speak, dance to the music you play, experience the art you make, and lose themselves in the photographic worlds you create. The things inside of you that come through as art or ideas are your soul signature, and they are only something you are qualified to create, to bring forth, to give birth to, and make manifest. What you do, I never could. I'm not you, and you are not me, but there is no competition here for that exact reason. We're just here to express ourselves in the loudest and boldest or weirdest ways possible. Art is subjective. Not everyone's going to like or understand what you make, but isn't that amazing? Isn't that great that it demonstrates the contrast again, that we're not all the same. We're all individuals with our own likes and dislikes. We're our rainbow in our differences. And for every person that doesn't get you or what you came here to do, cool, let that grow you. Let it push you to keep breaking the rules because you did not come here to be locked in an art box, relegated to only writing short poems for the masses on social media because that's what the algorithm supposedly wants or because that's what gets likes and views. You're not here to pander to the fleeting and fickle moods of social media. You're here simply to express your truth. So this is what I want you to do. Make your wildest art. Unfold your edges and smooth out the creases of your heart that this world told you should be folded just so that you should look, be, appear, act just so. No one knows what you know, so please do us the biggest favor of sharing your perspective, your views, your beauty, your music. Make your art weird. I'm in favor of your weirdest art. Anyone can paint a flower, a seascape, a familiar hometown scene, but no one can do it in the way you came here to. Be weird Barbie. Make me read it backwards. Put mixed media of band-aids and paper mache bananas on the canvas. Art should inspire and evoke emotion. It should convey something or tell a story, express an idea, make us think, make us believe, make us see. Simply put, my method is that there is no method. My method is called allow. My method is called don't be afraid. My method is called just listen. There is no one size fits all to art or poetry. There are only emotions and experiences we internalize and then outwardly express as art. And therefore, great art is not made. It is lived. It is experienced. Tell the world your stories in the way that only you can and see where it leads. Give yourself the gift of at least attempting some of your dreams. I was listening to another podcast recently, Lightworkers Lounge with Stephanie Powers, 
and it was an episode all about dreams. And of course, here is where I see human design in action because she's an emotional manifester and I'm an emotional manifester. And as manifestors, we're here to initiate an impact. So many of us just naturally inspire others with the way a manifestor's energy works, but it also goes the other way. We can seriously repel a lot of people that aren't ready for what we're bringing, but I'm going to have someone on here in the future to talk more about human design because while I'm intrigued and fascinated by it, I know a little bit about a lot of things. It's not my calling. So I was listening to what Steph, Steph was saying on her podcast and thinking about my own dreams and literally as she said, and I quote, I'm already so proud that they're going to see books with mama's name on the shelf, that they have a podcast with hundreds of episodes that they can listen to and remember what I had to say. A fire truck went by during this part of her podcast that I was listening to and yanked my attention. I feel like that was a message for me. And if you start noticing, paying attention, you are going to start receiving your own messages about your path and your purpose in life. So I was listening and Steph was starting to inspire me as I was sitting at work, typing away at my day job. And as a Libra rising, all about the love and the beauty and the dreaming. And with my Gemini son, guys, my head lives in the clouds. I have a lot of air placements in my natal chart. God help us all. <laughs> I was thinking, why don't I talk about my experience with this, with dreams? That's what I'm doing now, taking these small steps, building this foundation for something that I hope one day will be epic. And by epic, I mean that in so many ways, but this is not the episode where I'm going to talk about success and what that means to me because it's going to mean something different to everyone. And it's definitely not just about money at all. It means so much more than that. That's such a limited view. But I guess I just mean something that feels impactful, inspiring, purposeful, and free. Ugh, the freedom. That's ultimately what is leading me because I want to own 100% of my time one day. I want to wake up in the mornings and move slow. The mornings are my most favorite part of the day. And if you're not taking advantage of how powerful and magical a morning routine can be, whatever that looks like for you, you're missing out on some serious manifestation magic. And also just having these utter moments of blissful peace when the sun is just beginning to come up and you're sitting there maybe outside or at your kitchen table with your coffee cup, contemplating life and how far you've come. Or you're up early enough to go for a run or take a hot yoga class or move your body in some other way. Because being basically immobile for the past six to eight hours, your body needs movement. I want to be able to take time doing those things that have so much meaning to me and to not have to rush off to work or to adhere to any kind of dress code. That's another thing you should know about me. I love fashion. It's another form of self-expression for me to put together these really wild outfits sometimes. I would like to be able to show up to work in a crown and a blue sequin jumpsuit, but my job is business professional, so that probably wouldn't fly. But when it's just me or if I'm getting social, I'm typically dressed to the nines. Clothes are fun to play with, so having restrictions around that feels stifling to me. All that aside, there are so many different reasons we may feel stuck at a specific job. But for the moment, we have to trust that where we are is the right place because it's teaching us patience and it's teaching us perseverance. I mean, unless you're at a job that is unsafe, abusive in some way, or some other negatively impactful thing. But what I'm talking about here is just along the lines of the mundane, the job that runs us like clockwork and at times feels like Groundhog Day when we want Indiana Jones or Midnight in Paris, these adventures and exploration and excitement. And we want a life that inspires us. Again, not to say that where I'm at isn't someone else's version of that. I'm just saying I was born with the astrology, human design, and natural gifts and passions that I have for a reason. And it doesn't quite fit here the older I've gotten. That's another thing. So much has changed. 
that's so natural as we age. It's inevitable. Everything I have now, a lot of which I've left, like the marriage, are things I once thought I wanted, and as such, things I manifested. Back then, I wanted the picket fence, the husband who works a steady job with normal hours, and to be content with that, thinking one day I would quit my job and be a stay-at-home mom. However, it didn't take long for me to get cabin fever those first few weeks after my daughter was born to know that was absolutely not for me. I am so grateful I never quit my job. I would have gone mad staying at home all day doing the playdate thing and the grocery runs and the housewife role, and I would have gone broke with how many times I went to Target. All well and good, running a household and raising kids is seriously an underpaid job, and it's so, so tough. But I'm just not the type of person who would have been satisfied and fulfilled with that kind of life if that's all it was. My human design and astrology does not drive there. The more I begin to wake up to myself, to hear my own thoughts, and take time to reflect on what I wanted, not what the world or other people wanted for me or told me I should want, the more I began to get really excited by my own dreams and these visions I was having that were coming to me. That's why it's so important you spend time by yourself. You won't ever be able to hear your own guidance if you're constantly being influenced by other people around you. So much of my poetry is on this theme, following your bliss, your passions, your dreams, because we as a society don't value them enough. And despite the Disney messages about dreams we gorged ourselves on growing up, it's not enough to just tell someone, follow your dreams, or print some other generic saying on various Pinterest crafts. There's a quote that goes, if your dreams don't scare you, they aren't big enough. Dreams are not for the faint of heart. And the further I go along, I get why so many people give up before they've even gotten their feet wet. It comes down to beliefs, the stories we tell ourselves, which start happening so early in life. Our childhood and our environment shape us so much when you have a dream as a kid. If it's not supported or if you're steered away from it because other people are projecting their own fears onto you, you start to absorb that as a kid. We're sponges when we're young and we don't realize any of this. We can grow up thinking we're not good enough, that we'll never make it. We talk ourselves out of it before we even have a chance to try. We come up with a million excuses why it would be better to stick to something that's more stable or sustainable by societal standards. Think how different this world would be if more people grew up in environments where their dreams were wholeheartedly encouraged and supported, no matter how wild, outlandish, or far-fetched they may seem. Where we adopted belief systems and thinking that supported this, we would shift out of fear and into love. And when you're working from a place of love with a desire to use your unique gifts and talents to serve the greater good in the only way that you, as you, in this life can anything is possible. I've wanted to be a writer for as long as I can remember. As a kid, I would make these little newspapers and magazines on my parents' old dinosaur Mac, like those really, really old ones that you'd play Dino Park Tycoon and Oregon Trail on in computer lab at elementary school, the ones with the floppy disk drives. And if you're a younger listener, you can Google what that is. But I would make these little magazine things or write story after story and print them out and staple them together like a book. Then in high school, I discovered World of Zines. Not magazines, just zines. It was this guerrilla-style underground writer subculture where you'd make your own small publications. Imagine a typical piece of computer paper, and it folded in half and stapled or sewn together about that size. And it could be anything. I made a few issues and would trade them with other people I connected through over the infant days of the internet. And I still have a whole box of these. I kept them. 
It's incredible to see the things people made back then before Photoshop was a thing. I would literally cut and paste text and images onto paper and then take it to Kinko's to make copies. Then I would stitch the binding on my sewing machine and mail them out to people who either bought one or traded with me. I loved getting creative with the layouts and using my photography and poetry in them. Really, it's not that far off from what I do today, just on a different platform. My writing Instagram is basically a form of a zine, especially with my lengthy captions and 10-slide poetry carousel posts. But that's just me. That's my dream. Wanting to do that for a living with publishing books, holding space for others and encouraging them to create their creativity and to explore that and making money sharing my thoughts, my art, whether on here or Substack and what have you. And one day, hopefully traveling the world and having people pay me to write about it. God, I love travel writing the most. Even just sharing that, putting that out there, that I want these things, that one day I know I'm going to have them and do these things, feels vulnerable to me. Owning your dreams and saying that out loud feels vulnerable. Like someone out there might hear this and scoff saying, that'll never happen. And those are the people you got to watch out for and push the mute button on because they're too scared of going for their own dreams. So they project that fear onto you. Dreams are hard because of this, because a big goal can seem unrealistic, but it's only unrealistic because it's not the norm and it's not the norm because people are too scared to go after it. Think about that. If more people were going around telling everyone else, oh, I'm going to be a chef and open my own restaurant, or I'm going to dance for the American Ballet Company, or I'm going to start my own publishing house, you would get so much support back for your own dreams if everyone else was going for theirs. But instead, we're fed this message of choosing the safe route, picking a career that feeds our wallets, not our souls. And it makes sense if you think about it. That's the message that's been passed down from prior generations because they went through the hardships and recessions and great depressions and have had to struggle immensely just to put food on the table. I get it. And I appreciate that. My parents did the same to me. They told me to be a doctor, be a dentist, choose something that makes a lot of money. It was always about money, and that tells you where some of their own beliefs and issues lie. Money is all well and good. We need it to survive. Even dreams will take some amount to get started before you start seeing a return, but you can work those temporary means-to-an-end jobs while laying the foundation of your dream instead of completely abandoning them. Money is not the bottom line for a lot of people, especially with the paradigm shift we're in, with the way the world's consciousness is now trending. We're tired of just surviving. We want our freedom eras, our uninhibited creative eras, our turn passions into purpose eras. We're no longer satisfied by sitting idle, staring at a computer for eight hours a day or slinging fast food or working retail just to go home, lather, rinse, repeat. Dreams are a beautiful thing, but the world doesn't just need more dreamers. It needs more dream chasers. It's great to have a dream. That's where it all starts. But how many of those dreamers take action on it? How many people actually take the steps to begin chasing that dream to make it become a reality? In April, I attended my first book fair as an actual author. I think the weeks leading up to that event, I promoted it more than I did my actual book, mostly because when my book came out, I really didn't know what the hell I was doing. And if any of you out there are Dumbledore-level marketing wizards, please contact me. Honestly, I still kind of don't always know what I'm doing or what I'm getting myself into in any of this. But that's just how I operate. I jump headfirst if it feels right, and I figure my shit out along the way. So it might look like something completely different for you and your energy. Maybe you like to plan things way in advance and do lots of research before you decide what your next step is. And I do that to some degree, especially with 
major decisions because I'm emotional authority, which means I need to ride the full spectrum of my emotions on the big things. But suffice to say, I was very excited for this event. It was a major opportunity for me to get out in the community and really put myself out there to connect with other authors and hopefully build out my network of people who could help me along this journey. And likewise, hopefully people in which I could also offer something beneficial. And of course, I could get my art and my message out to more people. It was a step on the path towards reaching my dreams. And it's taken a lot to get to that point because I would not have been ready for that step last fall when the book was released. I still had things to move through. And then come February, I really began to feel this heaviness and stagnancy within myself and where I was going. I was hit with a whole tsunami of things, self-doubt, comparison, um, imposter syndrome, self-sabotage, you name it. All of that led to a dopamine detox, which pushed me into hermit mode to rest, recalibrate, and take care of myself. But when I came out of that period, I had the idea to start this podcast, and here I am taking the next step in my journey with some new endeavor of classes and retreats. I don't know the mechanics of how this might lead to whatever step comes next, but that's not for me to know. It's never for any of us to know the how. We just need to stay focused on our intentions, on the why. Why are we doing what we're doing? Why are we called to what we're called to? Then really marinate on that. Really feel into it because that's where the magic is. When you embody that version of you that's already doing the thing, that has written the book, performed the song, opened the restaurant, started the business. Dreams are a gift and they're also a huge challenge. It takes fucking guts to go for one because we're so conditioned to follow the status quo of bringing home the paycheck to play it safe and yeah I'm still doing that because I have to be patient until my ship comes in but at least I have a ship that I believe is coming I haven't given up on that I mean I did I did for a really long time I lost sight of all my dreams when I went off to college and then found myself on autopilot for the next 15 years but that's the thing about dreams they never die they just go dormant I'll never forget what a co-worker said to me when I shared with her a poem I wrote after being inspired from a firm-wide email she sent, because inspiration often finds us in the least likely of places, and you will absolutely read that poem one day in a book. But she said, all I can say is, you are in the wrong place. You are destined for greatness. Just as she sent me some incredibly impactful words of encouragement and metaphorically clapped her hands at me as if to say, I believe in fairies. As my spark came back to life, so too do I now feel called to be that person for others through my writing and creative pursuits because we all have dreams inside us and many of us just need to be reminded of them. No matter how old we get or how dusty they become, that part of us never grows up and it is never, ever too late to chase one. The only way a dream could ever die is if you're unwilling to try. I hope that one day I can be be an example for someone else to chase theirs by just daring to chase mine. Spoiler alert, if you haven't yet realized, much of my work rhymes. I have no control over it sometimes. I hope today you can think about this. Like, really think about this. Do you still have a dream? What did you want to do when you were a kid? Maybe your dream is the same. Maybe it's changed and you've found new passions. But think about whatever that is. Are you doing that now in some capacity? If you're here and you want to get there, what steps can you take? Because you absolutely have to take steps. Despite what Disney told us, you can't just wish on a star and some fairy godmother in a powder blue robe floats down from the ether to wave her wand at you and start turning pumpkins into carriages. 
unless you're tripping really hard, then yeah, I can see that happening. But point being, dreams take action. It's manifestation. And to get what you want, what you really, really want, yes, that is the exact iconic 90s reference that you think it is, you have to do the work. And I'm not talking about, oh, I want to write a book. Let me submit this manuscript to 200 people. It's the inner work I'm talking about. It's tackling those parts of you trying to dissuade you from making moves. It's facing the imposter syndrome. It's listening and acknowledging the fear, but not getting lost in it. If your core beliefs don't line up with your dreams, they will never happen. If you don't really believe in yourself first, and if you don't rewrite that outdated subconscious programming that says you can't have what you want because you're too this or too that or whatever bullshit story you're still eating, the thing will never happen. And that inner work requires looking into your past and pulling out the weeds, cleaning up the garden, seeding new beliefs. It's not easy with the way this world currently works, but things are changing and they've been changing for a while. It's no surprise why the self-help and spirituality culture has grown as much as it has in the past few years. People are trying new things and being willing to believe new things, and they're putting a magnifying glass to what they've been taught. If you do have some big aspirations, big goals, plans, if you want to start your own business, be up there on a stage, design fabulous otherworldly clothes that I will most definitely buy, serve as president on a board making massive changes for social justice, Whatever the thing is that you want to do but don't know where to start to get there, if you have the grand vision but no initial step, start by simply gathering your energy and getting into alignment. You want to match the vibration of the thing you want. So it's time to clean house. Strengthen your physical body. Clean up your diet if you need to. Start eating higher vibrational foods. The more energy you have, the better you feel, and the easier it becomes to trust yourself and feel optimistic. And when you believe in yourself enough, when you have a high level of confidence, you can literally do just about anything. It's really the only shortcut there is because even with manifestation being touted as a way to get everything you want, it doesn't work unless you do. You can't just dream the dream and then they appear. If you want your dream, you can have it. But you have to do the work around the belief first and be that person first, the person who believes harder than anyone else in yourself, that someday, no matter how long it takes, you can and will achieve this vision you've been holding in your heart. You already came here with it, and you came here with specific astrology and human design to support it. You've gone through the things you've gone through, experienced what you've experienced, learned and unlearned what you've had to, to get here, to then turn all that pain into your purpose and share that with other people to make this world better in the only way that you can. I hope that you hold on to whatever this thing is that you want. I hope you don't let anyone pry your dream from your hands because you are the only one who can make it happen. You are the only one who can do what you came here to do and the only one who was given this specific vision, this specific goal, this dream, because it has to be you. If you don't do it, if you don't create it, start it, make it, become it, it won't ever exist. And what a heartbreaking loss for the world that would be. What a waste, what a tragedy. And as I say that, another fire truck just went by, sirens loud and clear. So are you paying attention yet? Have you felt little nudges in your soul? Maybe some intuitive hit like, hey, this isn't where we're supposed to be. Then think of Ross Geller from Friends shouting pivot and do it. So many people have found success later in life. Laura Ingalls Wilder began writing Little House on the Prairie at age 65. After years as a relatively unsuccessful actress, Estelle Getty became famous at 63 
for playing Sophia in the Golden Girls series. Grandma Moses, an American folk artist whose work has been featured at the MoMA in New York and who was on the cover of Time magazine in 1953, didn't even start painting until she was 78. And most recently, Bonnie Garmus, author of the wildly popular novel Chemistry Lessons, which is a great read and one I highly recommend, she is a global best-selling author at 66 after being rejected 98 times. So it's never too late to begin. Dreams have no age requirement or limit. You just have to start. You're going to fail along the way. You're going to get rejected, hopefully not 98 times. You're going to be ignored or laughed at. You might get some trolly comments. You're going to have a slow build of clients. You're going to doubt yourself. Use all of that as fuel, as lessons. Because if you are persistent and don't give up, you're showing the universe your unfaltering commitment. The law of compensation states that you reap what you sow. What you put out into this world, you will eventually receive back. So put that goodness out there. Support yourself. Believe in yourself. Recognize and see yourself. Name your persistence and bravery as a success. You give it enough time, it's all going to come back around, and it will be reflected back to you one day. So go for it and don't give up. You give it enough time, you're going to reach your greatness. Thanks for sticking around until the very end. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support my one woman show, please subscribe and share it on social media or leave a rating and review. Reviews will help this pod to be found more easily and that in turn helps this whole thing grow. To catch the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Mav Malone. Let's connect. My DMs are always open and I'd love to hear from you. If you want to stay up to date on the latest events, books, and podcast episode releases, please head to my website, maverickmalone.com and sign up for my email newsletter. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.